Pastor Long and First Lady Long tonight, our elders, ministers, and uh, members and guests, and everyone here tonight, welcome. Glad to have you here tonight. We will not be before you long. So glad to see some familiar faces and some new faces. Amen. Been friends for a long time. Amen. Amen. So um, we're glad that y'all are here tonight. So we're going to open up with Ephesians 4 and 32. Ephesians 4 and 32. You can put that on the screen tonight. Ephesians 4 and 32. And that's in the King James Version. It's fine. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Also, I want to read it in the Amplified. Be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Amen. That's so that, that amplified version really amplifies that. Amen. So I want you to walk with me for a few moments and I'm going to give you my title. Amen. So you've all, some of us have seen and, and, and heard of Tyler Perry movies. If you haven't seen one, you know, the plot of every movie is woman go through a horrible circumstance. And by the end of the movie, she's forgiven her offender and she goes on to have a wonderful life. Kind of. I mean, sort of. That's not really true in most situations. Uh, unforgiveness seems to be the acceptable sin because our feelings are sometimes validated by the damage of the circumstance or situation that has offended us. I think I need to say that again. Unforgiveness seems to be the acceptable sin or unacceptable sin because our feelings are sometimes validated by the damage of the circumstances or the situation that offended us i want you to ask yourself these questions tonight you're doing your own investigating tonight for your own self amen do you continue to have anger and disdain for a person or a situation do you continue to have it you see them, something goes off and you. Have you grown cold in your love for people? Love can grow cold, just like it can grow hot, it can grow cold. Do you feel a certain, do you feel certain people don't deserve forgiveness? Now, is there somebody in your life you just say, they're just a scandal, they do not deserve forgiveness? Once you ask yourself those questions tonight, I come to share with you a word um, that's dear to my heart about unforgiveness. And it's a serious matter to God. My title is A Forgiveness Checkup. A Forgiveness Checkup. Now you go to a doctor and you, you get a checkup and they tell you everything that's wrong with you because you're a certain age and, you know, this is supposed to be happening about this age. You don't know those things until you go to the doctor. Now we believe the report of the Lord, Right? But they could say what they're going to say, but you go get yourself checked out so you know what to believe God for, okay? So checks up, checkups, okay, I'm just trying to put it into you that way. So a forgiveness checkup is mandatory. When you see your life not moving like you think you should do, it should be moving, check your forgiveness. 
On CBN News, Dr. Michael Berry wrote a book titled Forgiveness Therapy. He discovered that people who refuse to forgive often stay sick. Harboring those negative emotions, the anger and hatred, creates a state of chronic anxiety. You know that? Chronic anxiety very predictably produces excess adrenaline and cortisol, which deplete the production of the natural killer cells, which is your body's foot soldiers in the fight against cancer. Forgiveness therapy is now being looked as a way to help people uh, cure cancer. Did y'all know that? That's just on the secular side. I want to talk for a few moments about three points um, in the forgiveness checkup. Three things that you really have to do uh, or look at. What unforgiveness looks like. We're going to talk about how to forgive and why should we forgive. How unforgiveness looks. Why we should forgive and how to forgive. Amen. So let's, t- let's look at how unforgiveness looks. Negative talk. Have you ever been around negative ninnies? Just everything. You say the sky is just beautiful. There's birds chirping. They go, oh, it's hot. No birds. That just Everything is negative. Negative talk. In Matthew 15, 18, it says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth, they come from the heart and they defile them. Negative talk is rooted in bitterness. Did you know that? That's why the scripture says bitterness springs up and defiles everybody around. Bitterness is a root of bitterness. You don't pluck it out, it will will ruin your life. Negative talk. What are you saying about a situation? You know, do you uh, say just you look at this and you say, oh, that's, that's that. Or do you look at it and say, well, God is good. Bless the Lord. Amen. Do we, just, do we just say everything is negative? I want you to think about that tonight. Hebrews 12, 14 through 16, an amplified version, says exercise forethought and be on the watch to look after one another, to see that no one falls back and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor, spiritual blessings. In order to do that, let no root of resentment, bitterness or hatred shoot up and cause trouble and bitter torment. And many become contaminated by it. That's just the scripture I was saying. So listen at this. See if you can finish these taglines. A woman who's been cheated on and believes that no man is good. What's the tagline? All men are. I don't need a. Mm -hmm. That came easy, didn't it? Because people say that all the time. You don't need no man. You don't need no man. And my talk is, well, you know, we must need a man because God made a man. Amen. He just didn't make a woman. He made a man. Amen. No, don't. We be talking to the wrong person. They be talking to me about that. I'm like, girl, really? How many dogs? Did God make a man a dog? No, he made a dog a dog and a man a man. Amen. So that is negative talk. You know, and many of you have heard my testimony and pastor saying it. And every time I hear him say it, I go, God, woo-wee. It even make me still do that. And I went through it. It's just like, ugh. Uh, you know, but, it, but one thing I want to say about uh, my former marriage was when I got ready to put my mouth on my former husband, the, the Holy Spirit convicted me quickly. I never, ever spoke ill of him. 
Now, in the natural, he had plenty to be spoken ill about, but I understood forgiveness. And so I had to walk that out. Listen to me, ladies. Listen to me, men. You have no reason to be unforgiveness. I don't care what people do to you. You don't. It's not something that you're entitled to. Because if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. Ooh, Jesus. So I remember, you know, as a young wife, the Lord would give me these scriptures. And it was always like last night I was kidding about people's lips trembling. When I was a young Christian, the Lord would would challenge me with these scriptures. Uh, Like Proverbs 14 and 1, every wise woman builds a house, but a foolish one plucks it down with her hands. Proverbs 14.30, a sound heart is life of the flesh, but the envy, the rottenness to his bones. Oh, in Proverbs 31 and 10, the heart of her husband, do it safely trust in her that he have no need for spoil. This kind of negative talk, whether you know or not, it damages everybody around you. If you're, if you're uh, a mother, it damages your children. They can't see about what you say. They respect what you say. And you might want to say, well, don't do what I say. I don't, I, that doesn't make any difference because they still are going to do what, you, what they see you do. Amen? So it's just not for you. It's for everybody around you to deal with the root of bitterness. Amen? Anger and hatred, that's what unforgiveness looks like too. Uh, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Why you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him room to come in and continue to destroy you. Pastor did a, a message a few years ago and it's still one of my favorites. It's called uh, relation trips. Every relation trip is taking you trip. Ship is taking you on a trip tongue tied. <laughs> but it talked about the nouns of your life the persons, the places, and things. So let's walk through this, because I want you to really give this some thought. The persons, let's talk about that from a noun. Is there someone in your mind that comes to your mind while I'm talking to you? In your childhood, an old boss, he did me wrong. A former boyfriend, friends that stab you in the back. Those are the nouns of our life, the people, the place. Are there places that you don't want to go? Are there places you don't want to return to because of unforgiveness? Not just you shouldn't be there because some places you shouldn't be. But there are places that's off limit because it reminds you of something that you know you don't want to deal with. The places in your life. What about the things? Are there some things in your life you just avoid? When people start talking about this subject, you hop to that subject because it's pushing on your heart and it's making you deal. Deal with the deal. Do you don't talk to certain people because they remind you of other people? It's all kind of stuff that's down in your heart. Do you do those things? I want you to really question yourself because this is work that you have to do with you and the Lord when it comes to forgiveness. Amen? Now, that was what it looks like. It's just some things of what it looks like. And I do want to add, when, when somebody says that person's name, do you go, Urgh. do you growl? I did. I did. And Pastor called me out on it. I, every time that you would say this person's name, I literally growled because I was so angry. I had unforgiveness in my heart. I'm telling you, if you deal with forgiveness tonight, 
I promise you, your life will change forever. Amen. All right. How to forgive. Let's talk about how to forgive. That's point two. Check your heart. The triggers. What makes you flip out? What makes you blow your cool? Is it a person? Is it a thing? You know, I've counseled people for years and years. And I, it never ceased to amaze me that people, and it breaks my heart that they're 40 and 50 years old and they still blame their parents for something that they couldn't control. The parents really couldn't control some of it. It happened. And if they did control it, you got to forgive. But I've seen so many people, their life is just stopped at that point because they refuse to forgive. That's what bitterness would do. It holds you. It locks you down right there. And when people start poking, that's you go, nope, don't, don't poke me, nope, because that hurt. That I don't want to forgive because that hurts. Cry out to the Lord. He is willing and able to help you. My favorite psalm is 139, 23 to 24. If we could put that on the screen, I do want to um, highlight that scripture tonight. Psalms 139, 23 through 24. And I, I remember <laughs> I was studying the heart of just like the heart is who you really are. It's not pretense. The Bible says no one knows the heart except God. He knows those things in your, in your heart that you try to move around. He knows your heart. So these scriptures are very powerful. I want you to highlight them in your Bible. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me or hurtful way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting life. How to forgive. I remember the Lord's leading me here. Uh, I remember many years ago at my old church uh, growing up in a Baptist church. Uh, my pastor was a was his first lady's uh, dad, uh, Brother Andre's dad. Uh, he was a fire, just, oh, he loved God, got saved with his ministry, under his ministry. But I remember one day we had like a Thanksgiving service, and he said, well, come to the altar. Everybody come to the altar and, you know, re repent and ask God for what you need. He's going to do it today. And I know he was speaking prophetically. I know he was. So I go up to the altar, and I was like, well, God, I really don't have nothing. I just, you know, I'm all right, you know, Whew, just Ooh, I got to get home, you know. And immediately, immediately I heard this. You're in pride and you're haughty. I was like, who said that? No, the Lord said I said it. He said it. I didn't have to look around. I was, I was so, just like so repentant. I was all at the altar like, oh. And back at the Baptist church, if you was at the altar snide, it's because somebody beat you up or you lost some money. It wasn't really for nothing else. It was just like. And I was just like, oh, it was like the spirit of the Lord just came and convicted me so hard, y'all. When you come to the altar, that's what you need to be doing. Search me, try me and know my thoughts and allow the Lord to show you. I know we think that we all that and we know everything about everything, but we don't. And I got shot down that day and I never forget. Pastor Rundy, you know, he's always been in my life since I've been saved. And I was like, guess what the Lord told me? He's like, what? I said, he told me I was in pride and I was haughty. He said, oh, pray for perfect brokenness. I said, perfect brokenness? 
perfect, not just brokenness, but perfect brokenness. I was just like, why would he tell me that? Because I, I wasn't broke. If I came to the altar and I was saying all these things I needed to, that I'm okay and God, you know, I, I'm, you woke me up this morning and you st- I mean, I was saved. Don't get me wrong. I was saved. But I was in pride and I was haughty. And the Lord wanted me to say that right there because I wasn't planning to say that. But it went with that scripture. So that's how we need to come before God at the altar the altar of our heart at our, when we're talking to him, Lord, you know all things. I don't know anything, but you know all things. Amen? I, um, <laughs> so back to how to forgive. So in an infidelity situation, I ministered to women who, um, who said they would forgive. I started talking about forgiveness, and they said they'll forgive the other woman in infidelity situations. And I can only talk on the woman's side because I'm a woman. They talk to women. So um, <laughs> I, I would say, okay, well, let's, you know, you know let's, let's forgive. Let's ask the Lord to show you, you know, what you need to do in your own private time that you can forgive. And one, I'll never forget one lady said, well, I'm going to call her until I forgive her. I said, huh? Yeah, I'm just going to call and just tell her I forgive her because she destroyed my marriage. I said, no, you're not ready to forgive, honey. You're not ready to forgive. And you don't do, you don't do forgiveness just because it's supposed to be done. It has to be a work of the heart. Amen? And so that's what they were trying to do. And I knew another lady who said, I'm going to send some flowers. I said, no, you're not going to send any flowers because you're not ready to forgive. When you're ready to forgive and God really knows you're ready to forgive, then I don't think you would even want to send flowers. You understand what I'm saying? You got to forgive. Okay, also another situation, um, women coming up, becoming a private investigator, seeing if he's cheating on you. I've been there. You know, looking at this, looking at looking at the records, looking at this. All you do from experience is run yourself racket. That's not a word, but I just made a word. Is it a racket? All you do is run yourself racket. And what happens is, what are you going to do? Think about this. The Lord is protecting you. He is shielding you. What are you going to do when you get the information anyway? Well, I'm going to tell him, and he's going to do this, and he's going to repent. No, he's not. He's probably not. So I'm telling Facebook as well, stop, don't go. I'm telling you, I believe so many murders happen like that. Seriously, women poking around and trying to find out if he is. And a lot of times he has turned his face from God. So he is has a reprobated mind. He's not in his right mind in the beginning. So you can't expect him to come full circle when he's not ready. Just give it to the Lord. Oh, if I could have a dollar for every time I tried to be a private investigator. But you know what? God is so smart. <coughs> God is so smart. He would stop me every time. It was like he already knew beforehand what was going to happen. Of course he knew beforehand. I was going to make a mess. So I am standing here today, and I'm telling you, I was married for 18 years. I've been divorced for 10 And there are things I still don't know. But you know who knows? God. For what? What are you going to do with the information? Seriously. I want you to think about that. He did this. He did that. Well, I tell you what. You better go to the Lord that can help you. Amen? 
Check your heart, check your heart, check your heart. You know, there have been times in this very church and in the other church, I've had to text my former husband in church and ask him to forgive me. Now, I'm usually like, Sister Laundry, God, you know, I heard he did the, he did the crazy. He did the crazy. You forgot. Yeah, I had to forgive him. Yes, I did. Over and over again, continually, over and over again. And when you're a Christian, you get divorced. Y'all have no idea what that feels like or what that looks like. So you carry this like, I'm going to be okay. No, you really, you need to really give it to the Lord. And so he continually to show you how to forgive and walk that out. Amen. So it's just when those things that the Lord tell you to do, when they seem impossible, they are possible with God. When he tells you to do something, I don't know if I've ever experienced God when he told me to do something and I haven't been like, God, you sure? I mean, like shaking. Do you really want me to do? Yeah, he really wants you to do that. The more uncomfortable you are, that's the Lord. I've experienced that in my 24 years of being a Christian. I'm sorry, my 28 years of being a Christian. Okay, yeah. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In due time, he will exalt you. If you don't humble yourself, God will humble you. How many of y'all have ever been humble? I have. Amen. Yeah. It don't feel good, does it? That's why the Lord tells you to humble yourself. That's why I'm talking to you, me, about a forgiveness checkup. How many times do you think I do a forgiveness checkup? Daily. Amen. Every day. Every day. So, guys, keep your heart soft towards forgiveness. Let the Lord help you forgive the, the hard things and the small things. Amen? Let me hurry on. We need to confess you must see that unforgiveness is an issue. You have to see that. You have to have the understanding of God's love for you so you can confess, so he can help you. Confess your strength, your faults to one another, and that you gain strength. And have somebody that you can trust. That's James 5 and 16. You confess your faults to one another, and the Bible says, in that you gain strength. How many times you've talked to somebody who was a Christian, and you got the phone with them, you like, God. I feel so strong because that scripture says that repent, repent in the new Testament always means to change your mind in the original Greek, never to merely feel sorry, which is a modern day, non-biblical meaning. I know people feel sorry all day long, but that does not mean that they're repentant. Repentance means you change, you turn around. You know, and how to forgive, sometimes you can't go to that person that offended you. The Bible talks about that in Matthew. You go to that person. If they don't hear you, bring somebody else. They don't hear you. You know, it's a whole process that talks about in Matthew. Well, I found out that Matthew 5 and 44 is so true. Amen. Let's put that on the, on the screen tonight. Amen. Matthew 5 and 44. And you know it. Amen. But I say to you, love that is unselfishly seek the best of higher good for you, your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. Does it say talk bad about them if they persecute you? No. Does it say lie on them, punch them in the face? No, it says pray for those who persecute you. Go ahead. So that you may slowly show yourself to be the children of your father who's in heaven. For he makes his son rise on those who are evil and those who are good. And he makes the rain fall on the righteous 
or those who are morally upright, the unrighteous, the unrepentant, those who oppose him. Amen. Go ahead to the next scripture, please. Okay. For if those you love, only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do that? Go ahead, please. And if you greet only your brothers, wishing them God's blessings and peace, what more than others are you doing? Do not even the Gentiles who do not know the Lord do that? That means you just, you know, people you like, you just love them. You therefore would be perfect growing into spiritual maturity, both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your heavenly father is perfect. So that scripture, uh, Matthew 5 and 44, it does say, love your enemies, do, do good to them, bless them, speak well of them, pray for them. These are your enemies, not the people you like, just like we read in the scripture. These are people who hate you. They're your enemies. I've written letters, emails. I bless people. Um, some people were tougher than others, but I tell you what I, I heard pastors say, until you, you know, you heard it, you keep spending money because you, you still trying to, you blessing somebody because they, I'm telling you, it will break you and you will see love for them. So I do have a quick story I want to talk about. At the end of that, I had a, a, a friend, a lifelong friend I grew up with and, and I was, and I'm still like that. I would give people a job. You know, if you need a job, I would say, girl, come to my job. And I had like five people working at v and &E. It was cool. Because you get little checks too, you know, little incentive checks when you get people on. So one girl who I grew up with, we were friends since sixth, fifth, fourth grade, something like that. And um, she worked in another department, and I worked in another department. And I was a new Christian then. Um, didn't know Lord, the Lord too long, maybe about four years. And um, I was uh, at the elevator and one of the girls was talking to me. She said, you know, so-and-so said that, you know, she called you this and she told you that. I was like, what? After all I've done for her. You know how you, you had a nerve. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be here. And now you scandalizing my neck. Y'all know how we do. Okay, I said all that at the elevator. And I was like, Lord. Do you see what she did? I remember the elevator closing, and then as soon as it closed, I was like, yeah, did you see what she did? I was just livid because I was so like, I can't believe she did that. The Lord spoke so clear to me, you have to forgive her. I said, now, come on now, God. Come on. You heard what she just said. I got this girl this job. She scandalized my name. Everybody in that department think I'm a fluke. I said, come on. And I said, I said, Lord, I was crying in the elevator like somebody had stole something from me, y'all. Like I had, I was so broke. I remember that day, I said, Lord, help me forgive her. I said, no, I forgive her. She owes me nothing. I love her. I will show love to her. I walked out that elevator, and I can't remember. I think I just spoke well of her. When somebody would say something, I would go, well, bless the Lord. Yeah, Woo. yeah. Yes, you know, and I would think of something good to say. I wouldn't be lying because it would be really something I would find the good. And slowly, my heart started changing towards her. I would see her, and I, my heart would fill up with love for her. 
And it changed just like that because I had every reason. Because I didn't do anything. I got you this job. I got you this. This is a nice job. I got you this job. All around my bosses and stuff. And um, But the Lord vindicated me. Amen. She came back years later and re- was repenting. So forgiveness is always for you. It's always for you. It's not for the other person. It's always for you. Amen. And that taught me one thing. Um, it taught me, it built a pattern of forgiveness. Like, I can forgive somebody for, for saying this. Well, it was going to be bigger things to forgive. Forgiving my former husband, forgiving the other woman, forgiving this and that. It was like a, a progression of forgiveness. Amen? So that was how to forgive. Why should you forgive? It's not how people offend you. It's how you deal with it. Let me say that again. It's not how people offend you. But it's how you deal with the offense. I have an opportunity to be offended all day, every day. All day, every day. All day. And I'm not playing. All day, every day. I have the opportunity to be offended. But it's what you do with it. You know, I've talked to people and they said, you know, I, I, I'm just not ready for, to forgive. You know, what, what they done to me was so bad. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You have to forgive because the Bible tells you to forgive. Not Sister Alondra stand up here. You got to forgive so God can forgive you. Is that powerful anybody else? If you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. And if you're not forgiven by God, you can just hang it up. Amen. I've witnessed to people from marriages that ended because they flat refused to forgive. Just flat out, I'm not doing it. And it's, it's so sad to me. But we put so much demand on people when they don't treat us a certain way. You know, people are fallible. Who's infallible? God. People will let you down. They just will. Because sometimes our expectations are just too high. But when we trust the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding and always he'll acknowledge acknowledge him, he will direct your path. Amen. Why should you forgive? Because God forgave you. You know, Romans 5 and 8, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ had already died for us. If he looked and seen what you did, you, wouldn't, you couldn't make it. But because he'd already died for you, he already died in your place, that made a way for you to get to him. Amen? I love that scripture. It's so powerful. So many of you have heard, um, uh, like I said, about my testimony and um, I had to forgive some hard things. I had to walk through a season of very hard, hard stuff. And I, 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 I believe God so that I just knew he was going to come in and just handle everything. And, of course, he did. It wasn't in my timing. It wasn't when I thought. But he handled it so perfectly because he's God. You know, I remember walking around church and everybody knew that this other woman was pregnant for my husband. It was devastating. I was a mess. 
And I kept saying, Lord, you know, it's just not right. It's just not fair. And finally, she left the church, which, which was the right thing to do. I said, it's just not fair. I said, it's not right. People are looking at me. They're laughing at me. And the Lord said, I will fight for you. Exodus 14, 14. He said, I'll fight for you. He said, now, if you fight for yourself, you can't win. But if you step back and let me win, I'll fight for you. And when I fight for you, I'll win. Amen. You don't ever have to worry about losing because he will help you win. If you trust the Lord, if you let him work it out, he will do it. Uh, I just remember times of seeing the uh, the woman in the store. I was sharing this today with somebody. And um, I, and I, it was at Walmart, this Walmart. It was just this Walmart up here. And, um, <clears throat> and I would get ready to get out the car, and the Holy Spirit would say, she's in here. She's in here with the son. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to another store. He said, no, you go in there. I told you. I prepared you. So I would go in there. Sure enough, five minutes later, there she was. And the devil, he would be so wicked. I would walk, I would, I would walk towards her, and then I, she would um, like, like embrace him and rub his head and kind of like, see? You know, that, that, was a, that was that spirit. That was that spirit. Yeah. And I was like, golly, you know, Lord, this is wrong. I was just, I couldn't say nothing else, but just like, this is so wrong. But I thank God that I have a, a relationship with him that I heard him. He prepared me to meet, to see that every time. Then there was a time where he didn't remind me. And I said, Lord, you didn't tell me she was going to be in here. He said, oh, you didn't need to know. You're, you're past that now. And I can look at her and smile. Amen. Amen. If you let the Lord fight for you, he can fight and he will win. I was vindicated in that situation. Some of you heard the end of it. Her life was judged and she died of double breast cancer. I know y'all have heard that before, but it's true. God will judge your life. If you let the Lord fight for you, he will do it just how it needs to be done. And a part of me would always say, you know, I don't want to see her in the store because she lived over here. I just say, I don't want to see her. And little did I know, I wouldn't see her again because she's not here. If you let the Lord fight for you, he will fight and he will win. You know, God can handle every situation when you forgive. It's a sin. It's a, it's a sin. It's a sin when you don't forgive. Every sin he took on the cross, the past, present, and future. Can you picture that? Can you see him being beaten and spit up on for you? Andrew Warmack made a reference to how, uh, by faith, he was beaten on the cross. He took every cancer, every sickness, every disease up on his body for you, not for himself, for you. You may be sitting here today, and you might be saying, wow, Sister Landry, I was just coming to Bible study. I didn't expect to hear all that. Um... But God may be dealing with your heart right now. He wants to do what only he can do in your life. He only can do it. Um, so it's work in your heart. So I'm coming to a close. Amen. Um, you sitting there today and you're saying, I got to forgive. I got to forgive those who hurt me. So at this time, I want every head bowed, every eye closed.